This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 88, Money Answers with Jordan Goodman. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your hosts, Mark Willis and Holly Bach, invite you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Welcome, everybody, to a new episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast. I am one half of your co-host, Mark Willis, and with me here today is Holly Bach. Welcome, Holly. Thank you, Mark. Welcome, everyone. Well, we have a special guest to uh, introduce you to today. His name is Jordan Goodman, and Jordan Goodman is known as America's Money Answers Man because he has been answering America's questions about personal finance for over 40 years. His website is moneyanswers.com, and he is the host of the weekly Money Answers radio show on the Voice America Business Network. He was the Wall Street correspondent at Money Magazine for 18 years, and he has written 13 books on financial topics, including the Barron's Dictionary of Finance and Investment Terms, Master Your Debt, Everyone's Money Book, and Fast Profits in Hard Times. He is a frequent guest on national and local TV and radio shows across the country speaking on personal financial issues. I just believe that you'll enjoy this interview with Jordan, and here we go. Welcome, Jordan, to Not Your Average Financial Podcast. Great to be with you, Mark. Well, so it is an honor to get to chat with you and to share your expertise with our audience. You've been in uh, the world of educating America on money for the better part of four decades. Tell us what's that, what was that like? I mean, uh, everything from 1987's Black Monday to the 2008 financial crisis and beyond. Um, What's it like uh, giving folks the insights into what really is happening with finance and money in this country? I think it's made a big difference in people's lives. Uh, People are not learning these things for the most part in K through 12 or college. They kind of get thrown into the real world. Uh, They may know all about Greek history and archaeology or, you know, how to do welding or something, but they don't know about uh, all the strategies you talk about and all the strategies I'm going to talk about here today, uh, ways to get out of debt, uh, ways to build your assets. um, And and so it's very rewarding to help people uh, make a major difference in their financial lives. And that's what I'm going to try to do today is to bring some strategies that people might not have heard about before that can make a major difference, particularly in ways of dealing and managing and getting out of debt. You've written a number of books, and obviously you've also written for the Money Magazine, and you've been on uh, television and speaking about uh, the implications of stock market crashes from uh, you know as far back as uh, the October 1987. Right. What's, what do you see as just a habit or a trend uh, what do you see that's happened to the American financial, the average family's financial lives over these last few decades? Well, as far as the stock market's concerned, it's classic fear and greed. And when things are going really well, they pile in. When things are going badly, they pile out, basically. They, <laughs> they buy high and sell low, which is not a good strategy, but that's emotionally what feels like the right thing to do. Um, so uh, you've seen that time after time. But yeah, I was on Nightline the night of the crash in 1987, and everybody thought we were going to a depression the next day. You know, it turns out it was a great time to buy. Now, my, yeah. Most people didn't have the courage to do that, but that, when things had gone down, when the fundamentals weren't that bad, was a good time to buy. Same thing in 2008. It uh, looked like the world was coming to an end. 
and everybody was selling and realizing all these losses, 50% or more losses, and then things turned around. And then when the market goes way up, they, they love to get in and, and all the money pours in at the top. So uh, it's always psychologically easy to do the wrong thing, but it makes sure you lose money. <laughs> so the better thing is to resist the temptation to sell when it's down um, you know, and, and buy when it's up. And, and frankly, the best way to do it is to be consistent. Just keep buying on an ongoing basis, uh, dollar cost averaging, uh, so that automatically you're buying more when it's down and less when it's up. Um, and even better, in you know, some kind of a tax-deferred vehicle, whether that be a whole life insurance or a Roth IRA, uh, in the long run, that's really what's going to work, not trying to time the market. And what about on the consumer side? Uh, have you noticed anything on uh, debt uh, for the average American? Uh, anything that troubles you or that you've seen sort of balloon in one's personal budget? All of them are balloon. <laughs> so, I mean, we have mortgage debt at about thirteen trillion. Student wow. loan debt is about one point five trillion. Car loans is about one point three trillion. Uh, mortgages, uh, credit cards is over a trillion. Um, and people are getting into a lot of debt. It's it's very easy to get into debt these days. I mean, after the financial crash, remember we had the kind of financial crunch and the credit crunch, and it was difficult to get. Uh, credit cards and so on, but now it's very easy. It's so profitable for the banks to do that. So they're handing them the noose to, to, to hang themselves with is what it comes down to in every area. Uh, and I hope we get to talk to each one of these because there's ways to help them. But the, the reality is people are living beyond their means and making up the difference with very high cost debt. It's true. We've got lower savings rates now than we had in 2009 and 10. Uh, which surprises me. Well, there's not a lot of incentive to save when you earn zero on your money. Basically. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you got to do other things. Uh, I mean, you're a big believer in whole life insurance kind of over time building up mm -hmm. uh, at a decent return without uh, taxes, which makes a lot of sense. But people put money in savings when you get 0.01%, you know, it's not a great incentive to do it. So that's a right. lot of people don't really save very much. You know, they put some money in the stock market, but a lot of people do not have exposure to the stock market directly, maybe indirectly through 401ks. Uh, and a lot of people have missed out on one of the greatest bull markets we've had for the last three right. years or so. So how is it possible that we have such a great economy if we are piling up more and more debt? Is well, there, the debt is fueling the economy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, to some extent, it's a mirage. Uh, I mean, people are buying homes with big mortgages, some of which is no longer... Uh, deductible, the mortgage interest is not deductible as it was in the past if they are going to take the standard deduction, for example. Um, and credit card debt hasn't been deductible in 30 years or so, and that people are piling into that. Uh, student loan debt is typically not deductible, at least not most of it, and uh, the average person's graduated from college with about 38000 in student loan debt for 30 years. <laughs> it's really hanging over them. And car loan debt is now huge, uh, particularly subprime. There was a recent number that came out from the Federal Reserve that 7 million Americans are behind 90 days or more on their car loans. I saw okay. that, yeah. Millennials leading the way there too, yeah. they. Yeah. It's, it's phenomenal. So people are getting into an awful lot of debt these days, and there are things that can be done about it, but uh, people, it's much easier to get into debt than it is to save and have your money grow, which is slow. Getting into debt is fast, and you get to enjoy something briefly, 
before the debt kind of overwhelms you. That's right. Short-term gain, long-term pain, unfortunately, for many right. people. Now, you have some incredible, I mean, your expertise on this is just, it's, it goes back many years, but you've written some recent books on this strategy, uh, including The Ultimate Guide to Student Loans, um, you know, investing to avoid them, applying to get the best ones, and paying them off as quickly as possible. And then you also wrote Master Your Debt, Slash Your, money, uh, slash your Monthly Payments, and Become Debt-Free. So I, wanted, I definitely wanted our audience to hear more about how you're doing that and what, what ways in which you see are smart ways to pay down the debt and manage the debt so that folks can be in a better financially secure place. Let's talk about car loans. Sure. How do we refinance car loans uh, to help out with our uh, monthly cash flow? People have taken on a lot of big car loans. As we mentioned, a lot of people are getting behind on those as well. Um, and you're, when you borrow against a car, it's a depreciating asset. In theory, with your house, it's an appreciating asset. But the car you know is going down. You may not know how fast it's going down, but it's going down. The moment you drive out of a new dealer showroom, you just lost like $5,000 instantly or something. So you're underwater in your car without driving off a bridge somewhere because <laughs> the value of the car is going down much faster than the loan is paid off, if you see what I mean. So yes, people are paying much too much. So there's a free website called MyLoanGen, G-E-N, MyLoanGen.com. And you go on there and you put everything about your existing car loan. The amount of the monthly payment, how many more months you have to go, what the interest rate is, you know, every, the total amount that you owe. And then it gives you like a little dial that you can choose what you want your payment to be instead. So you might want to, for example, move your maturity out to bring your payment down. Now, it means you pay more interest, but it makes payments more affordable that way. Or you can go for a lower interest rate. You choose what payment is appropriate for you. And then when you pick what you like, you hit submit, and it goes to credit unions all over the country who compete for your business to give you the best deals. You can refinance your car loan right online very, very quickly that way and save yourself a ton of money. And even better, avoid a visit from the repo man in the middle of the night. That's not a pleasant experience for most people. I feel like repo men only work during the nighttime for some reason. Uh, yeah. Not sure why, but... Uh. <laughs> well, because they think you're sleeping when they're going to take right. your car. <laughs> Actually, there's a new thing now that the auto lenders are putting in what's called a defeat device in your car. So if you do not make your car payment, they can disable your car remotely from wherever they are. Wow. Even you're driving along the highway somewhere. No, uh, that's crazy. the GPS, they know exactly where to go and pick you up. Oh, my goodness. So that's a real disincentive to miss your car payments. But it's, as you said, 7 million people are behind on them now. And now the repo men can do it in the middle of the day, and they know exactly where to go and send the, the, the hook to get you because they've disabled your car. I've never heard of that before, but I, I can absolutely believe it. That is like a chain you have tied around your car's you know, right. wheel at any time. That's incredible. Um, and not... Not surprising, but incredible. Let's Indeed. talk. Let's talk too about similar strategy, but refinancing student loans, uh, sure. since that is a massive, massive problem for many of our listeners. Uh, I've even met folks who are getting their social security checks garnished because they still haven't paid off their federal loans. How do we take care of uh, this high interest student loan debt? I've seen it somewhere up seven, even up to 10% sometimes with some oh, yeah. of our clients. So what, what do we do here with this yeah. uh, student loan so, debt? So what you want to do is combine any federal loans you have 
and any private loans you have, which are going to be at a higher interest rate, into one new loan, typically in the 3 to 4% area. It depends on your credit and the current offerings. There's a place called Splash Financial that does that, and the website for them is splashfinancial.com forward slash money answers. This is an affiliate of mine, and they know it is that way. You can actually get $300 back as a kind of instant rebate if you do a loan with them. Um, and they have several lenders, uh, depending on your situation, that they're going to show it to and get you the best possible deal. So instead of having many different loans at many different interest rates, some federal, some private, you now have one loan at a lower interest rate, and hopefully you can pay it off quicker. And you've done a whole book on this topic as well. Um, what are some of the strategies you mentioned, or what's uh, one of the best things that you would recommend for folks that are struggling with their student loan debt? So it's, the book is called The Ultimate Guide to Student Loans, and it's at my website, moneyanswers.com, and also the, it has its own website, theultimateguidetostudentloans.com. So the first part of it is how to save while the kid is from zero to 18, uh, so that you, I like the way to put it is, every dollar you save is one you don't have to borrow when you get there. Then once you get to school, uh, the whole application process, which is very difficult, and how to get financial aid and how to qualify for it, who should own what assets, it's kind of a whole game you have to play. And then once you get out of school, how to consolidate them, we talked about refinancing them. I mean, this is the problem of this generation right now. Uh, as we said, 1.5 trillion in student loan debt outstanding, it's the fastest growing debt by far. Um, and because people haven't saved close to enough up front, uh, that's why they're having to go in and borrow these things. I mean, the, the, the strategy that you talk about, the banker and yourself strategy, if you start early enough, you can build up the money you need inside the life insurance policy and borrow it out quite cheaply that way. That's a really good strategy for a lot of people uh, that they probably don't know about. I actually got a whole life insurance policy on my own son at birth. Uh, he's now 29, and it's built up this huge cash value and it's done really well. You, you lock in the premium rate at their age, and you can't get any cheaper than age zero, basically. <laughs> That's right. So it, I'll tell you exactly what it was. It's, uh, it's a $100,000 policy. It started originally at about $300 a year uh, at, at age zero. And so now, of course, the dividends are piling up, and it's just got this tremendous momentum. So that's another way of financing college as well. Fantastic. Well, and, and I'll just briefly mention this, and then I'd love to hear some about credit cards next. But, you know, uh, we've used uh, policies for clients who intentionally took out federally subsidized student loans. And the more you have in your life insurance policy, the, the, the poorer you look on the FAFSA form and CSS profile because they don't ask about life insurance cash value when you're applying for federal student aid on the FAFSA form. So the more you have packed in your son's policy, for example, the less you had to report on your, uh, what your expected family contribution Correct. is. So a lot of our clients will, t will literally take federal government debt subsidized by the government for four years while the child is going through college. And then the day the child graduates before a single penny of interest is, is compounded, they take a loan from the policy and wipe out all the student loans that were accumulated. Correct. In uh, a tax-advantaged way. In a tax-advantaged way. Perfect. Very cool. So what about the, the green-eyed monster, these credit cards that just get the best of us? How do we get the best credit card? So there's lots of credit cards out there. They're, if you have decent credit, pretty easy to get. The main thing is to get the benefits and rewards that are appropriate for you and your situation. People have too many credit cards. I think the average is 13. 
and their spending is spread out over all these cards. So by the time they get rewards, the frequent flyer miles expire or something like that. So I say get two or three cards that have the rewards that are best for you and then concentrate your spending to get you know, the most rewards from these cards. Uh, there's a free website, guide2creditcard.com, where all the deals that is constantly being updated are on there. So you may want frequent flyer miles if you're going to be taking trips. You may be buying a GM car. You can get GM points. You may be going to Disney World and get Disney points. You may buy things on Amazon. Whatever it may be, you know, concentrate it that way. You may want cash rebates. You can get 5 and 6% cash rebates. Um, there's just a lot of different ways of going. So there's a, a free central source to get you the best deal on credit cards. And don't have too many credit cards. You really... If you have a lot of cards you're not using, it's it's adding up what's called debt capacity, meaning potential debt, and you don't really want to be doing that. And the cards you have, you don't want to be maxing out because that's going to hurt your credit score as well. That is guide to credit card, no S. Correct. Guide to creditcard.com, and that's just a free website to give you the best card for what you're trying to accomplish. As you said, maybe it's airline miles, maybe it's five percent cash back or whatnot. Um, that's interesting that 13 is the average. Uh, that sounds about, that sounds so high, but you know, I've, I've had meetings with hundreds of clients over the years and, and, uh, as I've met them, they've used their, you know, they, they start out with several credit cards. We usually do consolidate them down. Usually you can get those 0% cards these days as well. So you can do a 0% fast transfer office. They're going to charge a fee, typically three to 4% of the amount you borrow. But if you're paying off a 20% card, it's going to pay off to do that. And there is, at that guide to creditcard.com, there is a 0% bounce transfer section as well. Oh, wow. Cool. So you can see it. And if you've had bad credit, you can get what are called secured credit cards where you put up a certain amount of money, they'll give you a credit line for that amount. And then over time, as you pay responsibly, you kind of graduate from a secured card to an unsecured card and establish credit that way. So we're just, we're just hitting all the, the um, best of here. But I think another really important part of one's financial life, and you just brought it up, credit, how can we improve our credit score and erase even some of the errors from our credit report? Is there a safe way to do that without getting hacked? There is. There are a lot of people hacking your credit all the time. And I always say, you never get confused with Bill Gates or Warren Buffett. You're always confused with some deadbeat who never pays his bills, right? So, if, if, That's if, right. <laughs> exactly. So you want to get these errors off of there. Sometimes they're errors you made. Usually it's errors that the credit bureau has made or your name was confused with somebody else or a different uh, similar address or similar uh, social security number or something like that. There's something called the FACTA law, the Fair and Accurate Credit Transactions Act. Um, and that gives you the right to challenge errors on your credit report. And in theory, within 30 days, if they are proven that they're wrong, they come off. Well, it doesn't work quite that easily. You've got to kind of battle these credit bureaus to get these errors off. In some cases, they have to go back to the original creditor that reported that you were late in the first place and get them to agree. So it's a whole process. You can try it yourself. There's actually a website that can help you do it, which is called tourdecredit.com, T-O-U-R-D-E-Credit.com. It's a place called Better Qualified. They've also got a phone number, 888 533 8138. And that's what they do is they battle on your behalf to get you uh, get errors off and get your credit score up an average of 100 points or more. Most people have a lot of errors in their credit report and either never look at it or never take care of it. And then 
when you want to borrow, it's too late to, it, it doesn't, you can't get rid of it right away. You're, you're in the car dealership about to buy a car and the guy looks at your credit report and said, you know, you skipped out in your student loans, you've had three foreclosures. No, no, that's not the place to try to clear up your credit report, okay? You got to do it long before you go into the car bureau and, and make sure it's as accurate as could be. Speaking of other debts to settle and to organize and to pay as effectively as possible, uh, a lot of people don't realize that you know, healthcare providers have the ability to negotiate with you. When you get that big hospital bill, you know, um, is it possible to talk to, I mean, it's, it's hard to imagine haggling with the doctor, you know, when you're, yeah, well, the doctors don't do it, but they have very <laughs> aggressive collectors that go after you. Right. Both so doctors, how do we medical groups, hospitals, medical supply companies, those guys are brutal. How do we take care of those if we have some medical debt in our history or, or uh, uh, need to find a better way to pay those medical bills down? So there are qualified healthcare advocacy organizations that that's all they do is they negotiate with healthcare providers to get you a settlement of typically, you know, 10 cents on the dollar, some relatively small amount. My favorite one is called Healthcare Advocates and their website is healthcareadvocates.com. Uh, they got a phone number too, 215-735-7711. And they've been doing this for years. He showed me recently a guy named Kevin Flynn who runs it. A guy had a heart attack, and the cost from the hospital was like $200,000. He settled it for 3000 <laughs> Okay, so uh, that's a pretty wow. big savings. And there's no way the average individual is going to negotiate with the CFO of a hospital to you know, do this kind of thing. The first thing they do is to go over the details of the bill and in many, many cases find double billing. You know, they charge you $80 for an aspirin. I mean, there's all kinds of things they can knock out because they understand how, how these uh, healthcare bills are done. And then once they whittle it down, uh, they negotiate. There are uh, all kinds of grants. There's just all kinds of ways of getting this healthcare de debt down that most people don't have a clue about. It's a huge problem uh, because a lot of people either don't have insurance at all or they have very high deductibles and co-payments. Um, and uh, recently, uh, you don't have, there's no more mandate to have health insurance as part of the tax law of 2017. So some people saying, well, I'll take the risk. You know, I'm going to not pay for health insurance. And then when something happens, you can get wiped out financially. Something like half of all bankruptcies are because of healthcare debts. So it's a big area. A lot of people don't know what to do about and there's a place that can help them again healthcareadvocates.com and i can give personal story to this too my my wife and i had some major medical bills you know five figures in the five figures and and we had to uh, we submitted all of our bills to a negotiation service that we have access to and they brought it down to from like it was almost 50 grand down to you know maybe 15 or 16 grand and yeah uh, that saves I mean, you a lot of money right there. Yeah, it was so it was so worth it to not have to worry about that. Was we were recovering and everything. Thankfully, all, all's well that ends well. But you know, as we were recovering, we didn't have to fight with the hospitals and the bill department. They just took care of the bill. And it's overwhelming for most people to try to do that. And here's a place. There are others. That I just found them to be the best ones out there to help you with medical debt. Fantastic. And we have a, um, I think, a last piece here that I wanted to get your thoughts on, with regard to business debt. Uh, yes, we have a lot of our listeners are business owners in some form or fashion, real estate, business. Um, talk to us about how do we prioritize which debts are paid on business first 
so that we take our, take our best shot at wiping out business debt. So this is a big problem with a lot of small businesses is they've got a lot of different creditors and they tend to pay the creditors that scream the loudest, okay, or call right. you the most or send you the angriest letters. That is not the right way to do it. You want to pay the creditors that have the most leverage over your business. Okay, the utility company that can turn your lights out tomorrow has a lot of leverage over you. Some lawyer who did a contract three years ago that you never followed through with has no leverage over you, okay? But if the lawyer screams louder than the utility company, your, your money's going the wrong direction. So there are people out there who will do exactly that, which is what I call prioritization, debt prioritization. Um, and it's difficult for the average small business to do that on their own. It's a place called Corporate Turnaround, and that's what they do. They've helped something like 10,000 businesses prioritize their debts. They negotiate with each of the creditors, and the creditor agrees. So it said, okay, I'll take 10 cents of the dollar in the first six months, or I'll get 90 cents of the dollar over five years, or whatever it may be. And the creditor agrees to a payment schedule. You pay corporate turnaround, and then they pay the creditors. And over time, you can get back to running your business instead of being hounded by creditors all the time. So it's, it's a very good strategy to kind of save your business, which otherwise can be overwhelmed by debt and all the creditor calls. Say again the website? So it's helpwithpayables.com or 800-411-1113. It's a place called Corporate Turnaround. It's helped tons of small businesses. Again, we, we have stories for each of these. I'm sure you do too. We, we have a client who is one by one wiping out these payday sharks, he calls them. Yeah, buying back his debt using his uh, bank on yourself type whole life policy and just one by one wiping out those guys and freeing up five grand a month in his business. That's a big deal in cash flow. Uh, exactly. So way to go for. And so once again, the website is helpwithpayables.com to help you strategize paying off that business debt. Correct. So you see, we've covered a lot of different ways. I actually have created a special a landing page for your listeners that may be helpful to them, which is go.moneyanswers.com forward slash not average financial, you know, like your, your average financial podcast. Um, and I've got a free newsletter, the Money Answers newsletter, links to some of the things we've talked about. Uh, just there's lots of resources out there that probably people haven't heard about a lot of things we talked about today, Mark. Well, thank you. So if, if there have been any interest in these topics, again, this is not just basic block and tackle, this is core essential financial wisdom that you can use to better yourself with uh, everything that Jordan, you've shared. Thank you. And if, if you don't remember any other website, remember this one, it's go.moneyanswers.com slash not average financial. Correct. Jordan, that, that's great. And that'll be a place for us to sort of coordinate with you and for folks to reach out to you if they want to learn more and be a part of your newsletter and so forth. And I love to take emails as well. I mean, my main website, moneyanswers.com, has got, I've got a YouTube channel. I do something called the Money Answers Show, which you've been on. Uh, I just have something called the Money Answers Minute. Uh, I've got a, all kinds of different resources about personal finance. I've been doing it for a long time and just love to help people and would love to help your listeners as well. Well, thank you so much, Jordan, for being on the show. And we appreciate your time. Thanks so much, Mark. Appreciate it. 
It's always good to meet other folks who've heard about and even seen the value in the bank on yourself concept that we talk about on our podcast here. But he came with so many other concepts and ideas and strategies. It was just a lot of fun to hear from him and get some uh, inspiration on other not average ways of thinking about money. I mean, Holly, you had uh, some thoughts about the student loans and some of the ways that he uses uh, to refinance those loans, right? Yeah, I guess I just appreciated um, what he had to share about student loans and and the options that you have there, right? Um, I guess I feel like so many people that I I talk to and come across like just feel um, trapped by their student loans and they feel like, oh, well, it is what it is. This is my reality. My, you know, they look at their repayment. It's going to take me 30 years, 40 years, 50 years to pay this thing off at this particular rate. And it just, you know, it's almost like they've resigned to this. This is my reality of what my student loan is. But um, the fact that, you know, he's just kind of sharing with us like, no, you have options. You can refinance them. You can, um, you know, go about them in a different way. And so, you know, use those um, options you have available to you and, and, um, the fact that it's, you know, it's like student loans, you, you feel like trapped by it, like you have no other options. But at the end of the day, I mean, they're a business, yep. right? And mm-hmm. you have the right to take your business somewhere else, just like you yep. would with a car loan or like people do with mortgages all the time, right? They don't like mm-hmm. the rate that one mortgage company quotes them. So then they go to the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do the same thing with your student loans. And so that's just, sure. um, I think, really valuable information. And I, I, I appreciated him sharing that with um, people as you know, you mentioned, kind of non-typical um, advice and, and something that people may not necessarily always think about. Yeah, and it is those small changes that make big differences. It's the small hinges that swing the big doors. So we are so glad to have him on our show and have you listen to our show, dear listener. And thank you all for joining us for another episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, uh, ways to help you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.